0: A podcast itself a lot of people are doing it mm-hmm. and so to even punch through the minutiae to get anyone to listen to your mm-hmm. podcast or show is a pain in the butt and i've done over the years i had that cryptic creep show one that you were a guest on <laughs> i believe that was way back like what forever. 10 years ago yeah, or something
1: like forever ago i
0: was in my early 20s so and <laughs> then i did um and I still kind of have the one that I do with Lacey that's the cryptic, no, cryptic creep show was the first one. Then I did that horror junkies of Utah. And then habeas corpses is one I do like on horror movies and stuff.
1: That's the current one, right? <clears throat> yeah. And then
0: okay. and then this one, this one has, this one I started as like a passion project last year because mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm a big fan of like, um, The joe rogan podcast just because i love all the different guests he gets on Mm -hmm. it's like never one episode's never the same Mm -hmm. and i was like but he has like very prominent famous people on yeah and i'm like i know a lot of interesting people that are not prominent or famous and neither am i but i want to sit down and talk with them as well so that's what started this podcast so this one's called keyhole conversations so this is one where i felt like i could branch out and talk to people about whatever the hell i wanted to Mm -hmm and not have to focus solely on like oh horror or this or that so i do like all sorts of different subjects like i've had yeah. people on for like mental health uh, i had an episode where i talked with a um, an alcoholic because me myself i stopped drinking like 2 years ago because i found i was an alcoholic as well congratulations Well, so, oh, thank really. you that's awesome yeah that that was a that's been a huge life changer getting sober like awesome To me, that's one of the best things I've done in my life is to say, I cannot deal with that stuff in my life anymore and to focus more on myself. So I had a person on, um, her name's Caroline, we did, that was my first episode, Mm -hmm. was we were talking about sobriety and stuff. Awesome. And so um, I brought you Mm -hmm. on, and this is Moody everybody. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Because um, not only, you interest me a lot because You're very open and forthcoming about your mental health on social media, which I think is extremely important for people to do. And I know it's not for everyone. And I'm very much that way as well, because I get um, help in my own headspace from watching other people Mm -hmm. who are struggling or going through the same stuff I go through. Right. So that's partially why I wanted you to come on, is to kind of talk about some Mental health stuff, but also fanix is coming up in yes. two weeks, and <laughs> you're huge into that.
1: I am. And yes, you're
0: also a major um, artist because you do seamstress stuff like crazy. I like,
1: do. Yes. Yep. Madam Moody costume designs. Uh, commissions is not quite open anymore. Um, except for drag queens. I really, really, really want to break out with drag queens. Um, but. Uh, kind of working on my own fashion line, trying to figure out my own niche. It, it's definitely, that definitely plays into mental health and all of that. that oh, yeah. That's going to be jumped into for sure.
0: So when, because I noticed you kind of really go full bore into the cosplay creation and the seamstress stuff a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. What made you uh, really dive into that stuff?
1: Um. So when... The cosplay community exploded. It felt like almost overnight when, when Fanex was introduced to the faux pas last name or the other name that they can't talk about anymore. Um, it kind of felt like everybody who liked to cosplay and liked geek stuff, we kind of crawled out from the depths of of being made fun of and the rocks and and the shadows and we all just kind of collectively like gasped at each other we we it was kind of like oh my god you're here oh my god you're here and and just kind of played into that and then of course this this state is also huge in theater and that's kind of where i started was theater in school of course um haunted houses after that rocky Horror. Oh
0: oh yeah uh, um rocky point rocky point that's what i meant yeah no no oh no gosh. i i um Ugh. i was talking with someone earlier in the year mm-hmm. and we were talking about haunted houses and things and i was like did you ever make it to rocky point And they're like no i never even heard of it i was like oh uh. the best hands down best haunted house yes in my opinion that i've ever been to yes. the set design was amazing the costumes the just the whole opening i mean you're sitting in a graveyard mm-hmm. and then you get the um michael jackson thriller that comes yeah, on and the these dancers the choreographed yeah oh, amazing I, I didn't know you worked there
1: uh towards the end of it towards the very um, end because it, it was the h thing it, it had its final season it was spring of 2007 mm-hmm. so my graduating year And so, I caught, like, the little tail end of October in 2006, and then I was able to go in for the spring of 2007, and then got recruited for Castle of Chaos, um, later on Fear Factory, and throughout that process, um, really decided to delve into costuming at that point, um, because I was going more for acting at the beginning, um, more of a Broadway baby, if I'm honest. And then working at a haunted house, if you don't do it right, destroys your voice. And that's oh. what happened to me. So I kind of like gave up on that dream. But um, it was better that I discovered costumes at that point because I'm like a legacy seamstress from my grandmother. And uh, I think I started sewing at like age 12, somewhere around there, kind of tinkering around. I wish I saw my first project so I could tell people like, you start somewhere, this shirt does not look like a shirt. It's just a piece of cloth that I thought was a shirt, right? Um, So for me, when the Cosby community kind of exploded, it was like, here's my people. And I just, I dove right into it. I went nuts on it. And then um, from that point, I, I didn't know a whole lot of sewing at that, like, at that time. So I was like, I got to be more educated and lots of trials and errors and all of that. Um, and just ever since then, it's just kind of taken off. When I met my husband, um, it, it was kind of random and not. Um, there was a place called Cause Space. It was up in North Salt Lake and I did mentoring there. And long story short, he decided to get a membership there. And that's kind of how we met. We literally had a movie, movie, comedy movie kind of kiss. Really? Our first kiss. It was New Year's Eve. And he said he was leaving the party. I was coming in. And then he pretended to get something out of his car. Because he's like, I was waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so we go back in. We're flirting, having a few drinks, having a good time. And then like he has to leave and I drunkly said you're really gonna leave without kissing me and like to this day I'm still like that was like out of the normal for me and so he was like okay and we were standing in front of glass doors and as we kissed the literal fireworks outside happened for the New Year's Eve midnight stroke and it was like it was insane
0: oh there you that's awesome though. so
1: yeah it was it was like total movie and there was like a secret handshake that happened but anyways <laughs> um like i if he ever comes on the show he's gotta tell he tells it so much better um anyway so like we got together and he saw my passion and um like we just kind of knew I was actually mad at him for six months that he showed up in my life because it was very much I want to be an independent woman right now mm-hmm. I want to work on my career I have this passion I really need to do this I've sacrificed so much time towards relationships that kind of goes in uh the mental illness going to therapy for so many years yeah <laughs> right so at that point I'd gotten out of an abusive relationship and I worked at cause space to kind of rail myself in and um we both just knew that like we were gonna be together that that was just kind of that the, was like that was it
0: the the writing was on the wall it was it on was... the
1: wall yes um it like everybody at Cosface was like yeah you guys make sense kind of deal they all they all knew me they all knew him so they're like yeah that makes sense um so before we even got engaged uh, I decided to quit my job because he was like, we're going to live together. And I'm like, cool. And um, he's in the military and he makes enough that he could support us both.
0: Where were you working before?
1: I was at a um, a construction company that makes like towing straps, um, just like different types. I think it was called like Elko wire or something like okay. that. Um, and they had a sewing department. And, and let me tell you, those needles were ginormous. Oh, I bet. They were <laughs> huge. Like if you made a mistake and hit yourself with one of those needles, like it, game over. Game over. There game you go. Game over. Like recovery is like three months. Um, it's, it's nuts. Uh, so I was like, goodbye. And poor guy kind of cried. He was like, I knew this day was going to come, but I didn't want it to come yet. And so I quit, and then it it was just kind of a flurry at that point. Like I don't even I, I honestly can't even tell you the actual step by step journey. It just kind of happened. and I, I jumped into it without a second thought, which I hope one day pays off. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm still in that that really awkward phase that takes forever. Um, and at some point it pays off but right now it's just like what am I doing like why am I here?
0: And you're still building towards it and I think a lot yeah. of people especially artists because artists we get stuck in this weird like uh, zone mm-hmm. like especially ones who like yourself they're able to quit but then <clears throat> focus solely on their art mm-hmm. but getting there like you're saying is it's tough it's a lot of work.
1: It's, it's so much fun work and you're you're having to put on so many different types of hats as a business owner um at the beginning it was just kind of like I just want to sew for myself well not myself I want to work for myself and I want to sew as a a living and so I just kind of like whatever work people need that's what I'm going to do so commissions for costuming um, alterations, things like that. It was before I even started my dress line. And, um, then like, when was it? I got my velvet Heartless Alice dress, uh, worked out and started wearing that. And one of my designer friends was like, you know, I think people would pay good money for that dress. And I'm like, you mean like, like be my own fashion designer? She's like, well, yeah, you have it. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about that. And that just kind of, like, domino affected everything really? so far. Yeah. Yeah, because so.
0: you've had some of your stuff featured in, like, what, what do they call that? Where they walk down wearing...
1: Oh, um, the different front runway shows. Yeah. I, I did... Um, what is it called? There's a, a geek fashion show that is now involved with fanix Yeah. Um, It's kind of its own chapter of Her Universe fashion show, which is uh, with San Diego Comic-Con. Huge, huge competition. One day I will make it there. (laughs) When I have a moment to breathe, who knows when that is. There's even a design waiting for it. Um, And I did my uh, Hogwarts dresses. By Hogwarts, I mean it's off-brand. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So... I, I was able to do that and did like a, a little runway fashion show with that. I've done different like PR events for Fanex before. Of- yeah,
0: because you got me... On a panel at Fanex a couple years. Yeah, ago. we
1: did the the horror mm-hmm,
0: the, horror cosplay yeah. stuff,
1: and my computer wouldn't freaking work. I was <laughs> okay, so it still worked. Mad, I was so mad. They didn't tell me that there wasn't gonna be certain things available, so I was like, okay. I,
0: "We we still rolled with it, and it all worked out fine in the end." Yeah, and, and that was fun. One of your first creations that I can remember from your like when you started really diving into this stuff, and I think it was one of your first was that uh wasn't it called like the Gothic Alice or something like that?
1: Oh yeah, so um Heartless Alice. Heartless Alice. Yeah, Heartless Alice. So there was three versions.
0: Yeah, I've seen it go through like different yeah. versions from when you first started that.
1: Yeah, the the first one was like a light blue. That was more like an off the shelf dress that I kind of tinkered with and kind of was like how am I going to four versions. Ugh. <laughs> i forgot i forgot one the, the horrendous walmart satin that literally you sneeze and it falls apart
0: oh no that
1: one that was interesting um i did competition for that it was like their first cosplay competition at at Phoenix with Yaya Han. and to this day i'm still horrified that that's what she saw to this day she's she's a huge person in the cosplay community And so I'm like, can I do a do-over? I promise I have something better. (laughs) Um, But, like, there was the light blue dress, and then we did um, the horrendous satin, and then after that was, like, glitter satin. It was a lot better. It was uh, more solid for sure. And then I went for, like, a dark blue velvet, and that one was kind of also a – uh inspired by american mcgee's alice as well
0: that the game right yeah a computer game or something
1: it started as a computer game and then um they re-released it when they did alice menace returns side note if anybody knows about american mcgee's and alice it's heartbreaking that they're not going to be able to do a third one it was it was like ready to go they were doing art concepts they had everything to go in the last couple of years, and then COVID hit, and then like people were not interested. As far as um, uh, gaming companies, I should say the fans, of course, definitely wanted to happen. But yeah,
0: COVID messed up everything.
1: It did. I it mean, did.
0: this is what is this the second or third Fanex that's going on since COVID? Or is third, third,
1: third. Yeah. What did
0: you do during the pandemic with your? Art? <sighs> or was that, that kind of a
1: that was that was actually one of my worst depression bouts i've ever had um there's so much mental illness that's tied into everything in my life um it was it it started a little bit before COVID, and my therapist had started noticing some certain signs and i like i like to call it the slow boil depression and that's kind of like the scarier one at least for me Um, when I have, I also have bipolar type two and when I have like a flare up, it's easy to tell, it's easy to catch, it's, it's easier to deal with because like it's, it's an everyday battle with a lot of people. And so, um, there's, there's a lot of practice in figuring out what helps you and what works for you, but the slow boil, it's like the, um, the frog analogy where you put a frog in hot water it jumps out and those are like the random days that just happen and then the slow one where you put the frog in the water that's cold and then slowly boil it to death that is the one that um that's usually the killer one that that's the one where depression starts to actually win and take over your brain chemistry and so I was starting to go down a little bit before COVID. And then when COVID hit, it was just like bottom out. There was a lot of people suffered from depression at that time, of course. Like not just people with mental illness, just everybody. Oh, yeah. Right? I, I can
0: I can attest to that because that's when I literally had to have a wake-up call mm-hmm. myself and be like, you've always had kind of a problem with alcohol. Mm-hmm. You really have a problem with alcohol now. Because I was just numbing the depression yeah. and anxiety of the world too much. And I had to tell myself, knock it off. Yeah. You are doing things that are going to eventually kill you. You know, like with binge drinking and mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I know what you're talking you about. Know, you know, COVID. It's
1: it's COVID definitely forced people to see things that... For underlining there and you just had too much distraction to, to yeah, really right. see it, right? We, we
0: got a lot of time to sit and think, yeah. uh, like <laughs> almost almost too much time. And yeah. I like your analogy of this slow boil because I, I'm not like clinically diagnosed as like depressed or anything like mm-hmm. that, but I definitely get depression. And um, one of the things that happens to me with my depression is seasonal. Yes, and I can absolutely. feel that coming on right now as yeah. the days are getting shorter. Mm-hmm. And so seasonal depression, when it hits me, it's it's like that. It's like this slow build. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden I just, I'm like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's January now. I get it. You're super sad and depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I've been diagnosed with um, like generalized anxiety disorders and mm-hmm. things, which I've been working on, especially after getting sober, focusing on like beating those down but it's it's a battle like you said
1: it's a battle every single day there there's no such thing as a day off no and,
0: <laughs> and so you just started getting really deep during COVID I with did,
1: it I did it was it it was um not until they started doing online therapy when when they were able to develop um zoom and all of that and I hadn't seen my therapist for two and a half months. I think it took about that long for for their company to get stuff for it. And um, the first thing she she said that she noticed was that I stopped talking. Like I didn't have much to say. And she's like, and she's like, that's so not you. You ramble, and sometimes I have to stop you to talk to kind of ask questions. And so she's like, that was that was a big thing, which is like you just didn't want to talk He didn't talk like nothing was there and so of course being in the middle of that i'm not gonna really realize it like i ramble what <laughs> i had a podcast of course i ramble right yeah. um so at that point she would said let's let's make an emergency appointment with the psychiatrist two very different people um some people know like psychiatrist is more uh, medicine and chemistry and then the therapist is of course more psychological um so he upped my medicine my depression medicine and it helped a lot it, it did bring me out I started talking again uh, my husband also realized that too he was like you just wouldn't shut up. We were in the car all the time. And he's like, not that that was a bad thing. It's why I love you. But when you went quiet, it was getting scary. So um, that all came back and everything. And then the the thing that I had to learn the hard way is that you're never going to be on the same dosage for the rest of your life. And I kind of assumed that for the most part. I thought maybe like, decades of course you know when your body starts changing when you're getting older i figured that was gonna be the change that's not true apparently Mm. it's it depends on um how your brain wants to change It just there's no time limit it just does it by itself um so we upped it and it was like seeing the light again it was really really nice i was able to work again um at that point I think we were starting to get a little bit into socializing again. Like it wasn't – I don't think we had vaccines quite yet. I still had some people. I, I like to call them the COVID clients. There was one that the project took two years to finish just because, oh, wow. yeah, the the amount of fittings that we needed. And she – I think we started right before the quarantine happened. So it was – very ridiculously hard to get fittings and stuff so I was able to kind of pick up a little bit of work here and there when people were able to socialize again and they want to wear pretty things out of the house and right like just trying to not feel depressed anymore and um I was able to kind of decide what I wanted to do a little bit more solidly during COVID um that's when I was like, I could do more with the, the selling of the dresses. Like maybe that's my niche of doing maybe an actual fashion line. And so, um, I had plenty of time to make prototypes and figure things out at that time. Um, so we, we just decided, well, we're just going to roll with it. You know, um, we were lucky enough to get a house at the end of 2020. Like, we caught that really amazing interest right before it shot back up.
0: Dude, it's it's amazing how... Because I bought my house back in um, 2013. Mm-hmm. So I paid $160,000 for my house. And my interest rate's not the best, but it's like 3.2. Mm-hmm. Now I look at what people have to deal with, mm-hmm. and I just feel so bad for them.
1: Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I'm like,
0: ridiculous. you're at 7% interest, and my house my house my little house out here in magna Mm -hmm. appraises for like four i i'm like how are these people gonna afford homes
1: i know it's it's ridiculous that the the saving grace of besides the fact that the um interest rate was stupid crazy low what'd Um, you guys get like oh we got two eight that's good two eight two five something like that um and he's like, I wanna refinance so we can fix the house. And I'm like, No. <laughs> hard no. I usually try not to like tell him what to do with with certain financial aspects, but that one that's hard oh, no.
0: I, I think that's no. smart right now with yeah, where the interest rates are.
1: Not I we're not doing it. Um he he got the VA loan, so we didn't have to put any deposits down. Oh so crazy. that was another really great thing. I mean Yay, military. There's so many great things and not the best things either. Um, Insurance company. It's ridiculously to work with. But let me tell you, I've gotten two surgeries and two more on the way out of it. So
0: Through his health benefit? Yes. Oh, good.
1: Yes. Yeah. I. When you own a business.
0: I was just about to say that's got to be very scary because I've had people like tell me in the past, why don't you like try and really focus on like... Doing a business with your photography and things of that nature. I'm like, here's the scary thing for me that health insurance, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, with you, you at least have your husband's benefit, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. And if I'm totally 100% honest, I would not have a business currently without his support. Um, I think, no, let me rephrase that. I would now five years later but it would absolutely not be where it's at right now Got if, if that makes sense um
0: but that's good i mean that shows a strong commitment to relationship yes. that someone's willing to help you achieve your goals and dreams
1: 100 that that man it's like I, I can't even tell you like the amount of love that is like gross love that we have for each other and the amount of goofiness that we have with each other it's it's been it's only been five years since we've been together and it's been crazy crazy wild
0: well and i can definitely tell because like i've never met him but Mm -hmm. i've seen your like past relationships Mm -hmm. through the social media aspect i've met one of your past um boyfriends Mm -hmm this guy you seem like your head over head
1: like so so much better right yes like, yes exactly. you can tell and and one of one of those things is like am I close enough to like say something but you know but I appreciate that though it's I get that from everybody they're like you just seem so much happier and um I was definitely One of those girls that was like, I don't think I'll get married for a long time. And by choice, not necessarily like, oh, what was me? I'm not going to find a partner. Mm -hmm. It was definitely like, no, I want to live my life.
0: Because it's like you were saying you wanted to be the independent woman. You wanted to.
1: I was mad at him for like six months, (laughs) six months. And and he took it like a champ. He was like, I don't care. I'm going to be with you for the rest of my life. Be mad at me. I don't care. So, I'm like, okay, grr. So, so many nights of of just yelling. It's not at him, <laughs> yeah. just in general. Yeah, like,
0: just like in your head, like, what yeah. am I doing?
1: So many nights of like crying in the shower. And he goes in and just like, do I need to take the sharp objects away? Like, where are we at level? He's still figuring out where where everything is with my mental illness. And I'm like, no, I just need to be in the shower. Or it's... Yes, you need to be in here with me to keep me safe kind of deal. Now, question for you. If you
0: care to elaborate on it, you don't have to. But you had said that you're bipolar type 2. Yes. When were you diagnosed with bipolar type 2 and how many types are there? Because I I literally, (laughs) when I think of bipolar, my education level on this is that's where someone goes from mad to happy in like a...
1: Yes. So so, uh, there's only two currently um and I was diagnosed with type 2 when I was in high school so mid 2000s somewhere around there and that was a very early early time to start diagnosing for that it has not been around for very long um it doesn't feel like it, but I guess I'm 34. It's <laughs> insane how fast time <laughs> what has am gone I by? <laughs> High school was yesterday. I
0: know. I always, like, you know who I ran into? And I think not to segue, no, but I got to uh, say this. You remember Jordan Morrell?
1: <gasps> oh, my God.
0: I see him all the time now through my work because we use Copper Hills and their um, auditorium for our large uh, driver gatherings. So I coordinate with him all the time. (gasps) And I walked in and he knew me like that. He's like, Marcus, how are you?
1: Oh my God, really? Yeah. Man, that man solidified so many things in my life.
0: Amazing individual. Yes. Like, hands down, one of the, if not the best teacher I ever had. Yeah. Because I, I didn't do the acting classes or the drama. I did the stage crew. Right. But- the amount of practical stuff he taught me just in stage crew mm-hmm. and just even advice because I was one of his uh, teacher assistants mm-hmm. has gone with me my whole life. So I, yeah. lo- I love that guy. He's like, amazing. He's amazing. He's
1: ama- Side note, my my stepdaughter has a very good chance of going to Copper Hills. Oh, awesome. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to be one of those stepmoms that like forces all of my dreams onto my stepdaughter. <laughs> like i'm like you're gonna go to drama class so that i can see him
0: sorry i did i didn't mean to get us off track (laughs) of the bipolar stuff but i was like i know you know morale
1: yes (laughs) i do that man is incredible i i remember when i worked for rocky point he went through during the spring season and he's like you automatically have extra credit now because i didn't know that you were involved with after school acting like he understood that that was acting and ever since then i'm just like dude that man that man is incredible yes it,
0: it's it's so amazing the impact that certain teachers can have on you throughout your whole life right and right. he was definitely one of those he's one of those yep
1: one of those that's insane though that
0: I'll, I'll, when I see him again I'll tell him hey
1: Moody said hi yes please because I know
0: he has his social media that people follow him on yeah so. yeah
1: and, and he is on my social media but like there's a lot of people that are there that don't really be on there yeah. a lot of the time so yeah definitely tell him I said hi I will I miss that guy um bipolar type 2 <laughs> somehow I remembered where we were at don't ask me how <laughs> that was interesting um so The type one is the one that's manic. That's the one that's very, very high laughing, having a lot of fun, a lot of energy, and then just bottoms out real fast crying, being in the closet, not wanting anybody to be around them or wanting everybody to look at them crying. Like there's so many different aspects of it, but that's the very heavy up and down. Bipolar type two is more related to depression and, um, I should say clinical depression and the difference is situational of course like a loss of a of a loved one right and you're going to get super depressed about it for a long time and some people can be as bad to get medicine for that um but you have the light at the end of the tunnel where you can get off medicine yeah (laughs) so clinical you cannot um personal choice that's that's also kind of that's a big debate right now in the mental health world um, but for me, I don't ever want to be off medicine i i I went off of it for like a year when once when I started having stomach problems and my general practitioner was like, we need to get you off on everything and figure this out and my psychiatrist later said for my bipolar medicine, you could have died <laughs> like it's it's Not something you mess with. The brain chemistry that comes along with bipolar medicine, you have to go slowly up and then slowly down.
0: Yeah. I was, um, right out of high school, I had a huge, um, problem with anxiety Mm -hmm. and, um, Back in those days, like saying it like we're old, but, but we, we, we're <laughs> I middle feel, <laughs> I know.
1: Um, Mid-30s, it's
0: Right. Doctors were handing out benzodiazepines like they right. were candy. And yeah. so that's what I was on. I was on, I think, 10 milligrams of clonazepam twice a day, which is like a huge dose of this stuff. Yeah. And I got so sick of how it was making me feel because... Yeah, my anxiety was gone, but so was my creativity. Mm-hmm. My sex drive was zero, gone, one hundred percent. My, I was a walking zombie, and so mm-hmm. I did exactly what you shouldn't do, and I quit cold <laughs> turkey. And when I went through the withdrawals on that stuff, it was insane.
1: It's it's you don't even you you can't even comprehend what's happening, right? Like your mind is just. Everywhere. And
0: I I remember I went into my doctor about a month later after quitting him Mm -hmm. to try and find an alternative pathway through medication Mm -hmm. to help me with my anxiety. And he's like, wait, you stopped? I was like, yeah, I just stopped. He's like, you can't do that. Yeah. I was like. (laughs) You
1: got the same thing. Oh, man. Look at us rebels. (laughs) We're just putting our life on the line for... I don't know. Yeah, he we was like he was like
0: you could have had Caesars, you could have yeah. died and I was like that explains why I was having some really right. bad cuz my anxiety when I quit all of a sudden came back and it was like it came back with vengeance. Yeah. And it was just like bam. Mm-hmm. Now you're super anxious. So
1: the paranoia the mm-hmm. paranoia that 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 I I don't even have words for that. The paranoia by itself that's a scary world. Um where was I? Oh, so for a bipolar type 2, um, there there is now medicine and more treatment for it since they discovered it's more with depression. And that is, I technically have an up and down, but mine's like a good up. It's not a manic up. But when I'm down, I'm super down.
0: What would a manic up be? Would that be like a, a fake happiness or like a...
1: Um, I think, how do I describe it? there's so many studies that are going on and so I don't wanna misstep and say anything that's not real. Um, So I guess maybe do your own research at it. But I wanna say, think of like somebody with um, hyperactive kind of mindset with ADHD. And like you see them during their, I don't know, we call them zoomies with dogs, right? Mm -hmm. A zoomie moment with a human being where they're just like super bright, super hyper, super happy, super everything. The entire world is amazing. I love you. I love this. I love that. And and it's just like you're on top of the world kind of thing. And then it just bottoms out after yeah. that. So and, and it can be different. Some people, it's instant bottom out. Some people can take a day or two. It just really depends on your own chemistry and um, biology with, you know, genetics gotcha so yeah um so for me it's the the depression bipolar and there there is wonderful medicine that i love for it um and what else um i just lost my train of thought that's also part of it
0: (laughs) Uh, do you do you also have like things besides medication that you try to do to help with your depression and the bipolar
1: yes i do um So for clinical stuff that's like the actual brain chemistry that doesn't work like a normal brain, Um, medicine, at least in my personal preference, is incredibly important because it creates that chemical reaction that normal people have. And so I'll never be off medication. However, there are things that can help um, keep you down from dosage you can you can create your own endorphins and like create your own little bit of chemistry if that makes sense. I like to say like, um, you look at a at a course meal, the main meal is your medicine, and then like the broccoli on the side is exercise, or um, your dessert is dessert. it could literally be dessert <laughs> yeah. um, within you know regulations of yeah. course with you know um but so for me personally exercise is big and that plays into this last year this last year's been a whirlwind of so many different emotions physically and mentally um and like exercise has been a really big one my my husband of course being in the military he was like I'll get you in the gym one day and I was always against it because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a gym rat. Now I am. <laughs> like, totally, 100%. He he didn't want it to be like, I want a, a wife that works out with me. It was more like he recognizes that when I'm outside of the house and moving, the endorphins kicked in better. So he kind of, like, did this psychology thing to me. He's a smart man. Like, he's a smart man. And once he got me exercising, I would do treadmill for 30 minutes and then that developed in doing like more weight training and then it ended up being like two and a half to three hours at the gym, four to five times a week.
0: So, yeah, I can tell because you look amazing. Thank you.
1: Like, thank you. So I super appreciate that even now because it's been almost two months, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second because that is definitely something I want to touch on. Um So exercise is great if you're able to emotional support animals 100%. 110% is a must-have if it's possible for anybody to do.
0: I don't care what anyone says about (laughs) animals. Like my two dogs Mm -hmm. have been my rock through so many situations in my life to where if I didn't have them, I don't know what would have happened. Right. Like I remember... When I was going through my divorce and literally like it was a tough time. Yeah. You know, I was in my yeah. mid 20s. I was like, I fucked this up already, you know,
1: <laughs> mid 20s. <Woo-hoo>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: Woo. Right. And I just I remember sitting there and I was just bawling on the stairs, just sitting on the stairs, like crying like my life's over everything. <laughs> and I remember my little shit suit just kind of nudged his head up underneath my arm and mm-hmm. I was just like instantly like it's going to be okay right because they can sense when you're sad when you're down and the joy my animals bring to me mm-hmm I always recommend everyone right. Sad, get, an <laughs> get an
1: animal. Get an animal. Get an animal. But also
0: realize that that animal is a lifelong commitment.
1: Yes, to I was just gonna say that. I'm like, I'm glad that people during COVID did take that advice, but then they did the stupid thing, and everybody returned it afterwards, and
0: yeah, the shelters went crazy. Uh,
1: I, I remember seeing the posts of the photos of like, for the first time in decades, our entire shelter is empty. And then they get overfilled again later on. It's, I, it's sad. It's it's sad. And I understand, like, circumstances can change, and and that sucks. Like, you're in one career field, COVID hit, and you're completely somewhere else. I get that, but still understand that they are living creatures that need love forever.
0: Yeah, and forever. to the best of your ability, like, and I, I'm with you. If If you are in a situation where you can't care for that animal anymore then you got to do what you got to do to find it it the best Correct. possible home. Correct. But if you were in a situation where that animal's just interfering with your life because you have to do the chores that mm-hmm. are required because of the animal and you're sick of it, you should have never been an animal owner. Exactly.
1: That's a great way to put it. Yeah. That's a really great way to put it. That the work is there no matter what. Um You're
0: always going to have to pick up dog poop, always. you're always going to have to clean a kitty litter box. It's, you know, and they're going to have accidents and Sometimes, like my little Shih Tzu, love him. I used to have this, and I still have it, highly collectible series one Halloween John Carpenter's novel. (gasps) It's like in super good condition. The books go for like eight hundred to a thousand dollars on eBay and stuff. He got a hold of it one day.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, no! (laughs)
0: Yes, ripped it up. It's a paperweight now. (laughs) I was so mad, but I also realized. You're a dog. You bring me a lot of joy. Oh. You are my like my little fur baby. I just need to go calm down for a minute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's when you see red and you're like, I'm not a good human being right now. I need to walk away. Yeah. Walk away.
0: Well, and that's so important <sighs> with like mental health itself mm-hmm. is we all have the ability to get very angry. Mm-hmm. And what you just said is key. Instead of saying hateful things or doing things that are going to hurt someone, or something go walk away go in your backyard go go for a stroll go remove yourself from that situation correct so yes. you can cool down
1: correct we we do that really this other chair should have my husband in it just because like (laughs) you should have brought him with i tried i actually did try like honey you're allowed to go this is not because he he likes to joke around he's like so who is this guy that you're going to go see at his house and i'm like it's marcus yeah The the picture the clown picture is still on my fridge i'm like pin up clown the one that you like that that's marcus like you you know he's like i know i'm just kidding Like, you can come with. You're fine to come with. But anyways, (laughs) he doesn't, he likes to talk, but he doesn't like to talk on somebody else. No, that's not the right way to say it. He likes to talk when he wants to. Gotcha. It's the only way I can really describe it. Kind of more on his terms. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't like the spotlight unless he forces the spotlight onto himself. Basically. He's, he's very much against the grain kind of person, which is perfect for me. Um so animals animals is a great thing I I got a coon hound um oh my gosh when was it forever ago like 2015 2014 somewhere around there I rescued her um and she was she was also um had a lot of her own issues of course with a lot of rescue dogs and you got to be patient with them, right? you got to care for them more because th- they've gone through so much. She was three years old, and I think I was her third owner. And um, she showed signs of maybe um, getting trained to be a fighter dog or something like that. Oh. Like, Yeah, like the first owner, there was, there was a lot of signs of different types of trauma with the first owner. Second owner, I think, just didn't work out. Um, something about a child. Not oh, sure. yeah. So, yeah, which is funny because she's been great around kids around me. Mm-hmm. So um, she's now 10. She's going to be 10 next month. And it just, oh, it's, it's hard to think about because... I'm used to basset hounds and they die at like year seven or eight. So I'm ready. Like right now she has allergies and her cough is terrible sometimes. And I'm just like, you have lung cancer. You're going to die. And just, you know, um, it's hard.
0: I'm right there with you because Gizmo is 14 now (gasps) and Vader is nine or 10. And ever since, once I got sober, I realized how much I relied on alcohol to numb down my emotions, especially mm-hmm. with the stuff I was going through. And I had to put two animals down just in the past two years, right. one after the other. Right. And so, one that I had put down was Raider, and he was my cat for 21 years.
1: Holy cow! Yeah,
0: this this dude <sighs> came from like I felt it was one of the last things of my childhood that I was letting go was yeah. to let him go, Ooh. and Ooh, then. That's a-
1: that's a tough one. It was
0: it was the worst I've ever been emotionally with the loss of something. Yeah. Like I've gone through divorce. I've lost friends mm-hmm. to, you know, overdose, uh, death. I've lost grandparents. Um, I haven't lost the parent thing yet. But I can tell you losing Raider, I put on this big, oh, I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. And as soon as we did the um, lapse of love service where they come into the home and put them down and i cannot stress enough how great that service was for us because i think that's
1: gonna be in my back pocket i didn't know that was the thing until recently yeah so it was
0: um i mean it's not amazing to put an animal down but that to not have to take them to a a veterinarian i'm not trying to tell anyone like you can't do that because the lapse of love is a little bit more money yeah but for me i was like i have the money He's been mine for 21 years. I need to do this where he is comfortable.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: And when the doc put the needle in and, you know, put him down and I watched him take his last breath, I just like turned into the worst emotional (laughs) nightmare. Ugly crying. That's that's what we call it is ugly crying.
1: Yeah. 100%.
0: My girlfriend at the time I thought was going to be the one that fell apart, but she was actually a lot better than I was. Wow. And then we had to do that recently. Ugh. Um. Like I said, me and that girlfriend had parted ways, but we're still great friends. Right. And we had adopted a senior dog from mm-hmm. the humane society, and it was time for him. And so we did that back in June, and that oh. one as well was like, "Oh, why am I doing this again? This I sucks. Know. It's it's the worst part about animals, but it's just, and I think it's because you realize how much they do for you. Oh yeah, like hands down.
1: Yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot and you don't want to like you make those connections and then you want to pretend it's not there sometimes just because like like i look at her and then she coughs and i just start i just start crying because i'm like it's gonna be my vet is like girl calm down you're fine she's fine it's just allergies we've got medicine don't freak out don't freak out this last vet visit her her cough got into her lungs really good and both me and my husband were like this might be it and my doctor's like well we could do an x-ray and when he said that I thought that meant she was gonna die (laughs) so I just started falling and he's like no 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 we could but it's not necessary let's do antibiotics first and if that doesn't work then it might be but but like it's okay. I really don't think it's lung cancer. And of course, he was right. It was just an infection. Um, I, I
0: did that with Vader just oh, a hard. month ago. I found a little lump on his neck. Oh. And I was like, oh my God. <sighs> and I am i'm a hypochondriac myself yeah that is where a lot of my anxieties stem from so i'll find like a little bump on me and i'm like i'm gonna die yeah and i i project that on my yeah, dog of
1: course. too yeah yeah no that's a thing and that I- is absolutely a thing like you're gonna you to weird no yep. yep and
0: i took him in and luckily they were like it's just a uh, a fatty cyst or something yeah whatever yeah. they said but they're like take him home enjoy him you're good he's good he's fine but i was like oh
1: the sigh of relief i was like thank god yeah oh i was a mess on the way home i just (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) that that weird breathe in kind Mm -hmm. of crying i was a mess because i'm like she's not gonna die it's fine um she is my first esa technically she is retired but um like that that one is going to be i already know that that's going to be the hardest one growing up with basset hounds dogs the basset hounds have a very short lifespan and never like really, 8 years or so yeah like 7 to 10 is like a good range um i've seen some survive to 13 and i've they're, they're like they've got to be on steroids mm. or something like i have no idea um of course, I got a pass it out <laughs> for my second <laughs> one. What did I do? Um, so it, it's not necessarily like the death part and the cycle for for animals. It was the fact that she was there during my abusive relationship and the couple of times that I attempted suicide and she was able to keep me alive. so like it's that 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 connection of the hardest time in my life currently and it, when she goes then i have to let go of that and it's just like you know
0: no no the I
1: 21 year old cat like it's that that's part of your life that you have to let go and it's not gonna be fun
0: yeah and it it's brings it brings back so many memories emotions good and bad of things yeah. you've been through and i was like dude this guy was like one of my like me and raider that was his name we had a love-hate relationship we hated each other some <laughs> days we loved each other other days yeah but we were always there, like, you know, and so letting him go was, it's that rough. was a tough one.
1: That's, I think that's like your first, like, real life adult decision that is the hardest thing in the entire world is, is letting, not even letting go just your animal, but what they also came with. The memories, the, the situations, the hard times, you have to let all of it go, yeah, and it I, sucks.
0: I remember making the phone call to the service and I think I hung up like six or seven times because oh. I was like, I can't do this. And I was like, I got to do this. I can't do this. And then finally, I just like got through it, made the appointment. Yeah. And then I remember when the vet showed up, I was like, I'm not opening the door. They, Screw you know, because you play that in your mind. Am I making the right choice? Am yeah. I doing the right thing? But in the end he was in stage three renal failure. He Ugh. was he was on it was if I had kept him around, it would be solely for my own selfishness of not wanting to let him go. Yeah, his yeah. quality of life just wasn't there.
1: Yeah. yeah. and that that was what we were talking about. the last vet appointment was like her her allergies continued to get worse. Like she is literally allergic to life. She, <laughs> she, we got a DNA test. And she's one hundred percent that bitch. Where she she has a ginormous list of everything, everything. That she's allergic to. Her food is seventy five dollars. It is stupid expensive because it is the only thing I've found on the market that she, that has four ingredients that she is not allergic to. Just one flavor, by the way, <laughs> one flavor of three of their flavors, and she this it's ridiculous. Anyway, so her lungs can get infected a lot easier because of the mucus. And so, like, recently, we're, like, prednisone for the rest of her life. Like, that's the only way to keep her going. But that's that's the thing I ta- I was thinking about and talking to him about, like, I can't watch her do this anymore. The last year has been really rough for her with her allergies. And I'm, like, quality of life, like, is it time? Like, is this going to just continue to get worse and worse for her? Is it, is it lung cancer? I don't even know. And so um, he was in agreement with me, which... This is your vet or your... Yeah, my vet, my vet. And he's amazing. I've had like three for her and he is by far the best. The VCA in Taylorsville. Okay. Amazing place. Um, And so he was like, yeah, we'll do prednisone. She's fine. Like I feel like he's also like a secondary therapist cuz he was just like trying to talk me down. My husband, he couldn't do it cuz he was already thinking of lung cancer too. So, um trying to take care of her and then we decided <clears throat> we decided to get a puppy. I got a basset hound. I know <laughs> I said I talked about the short lifespans of bass and hounds but if you, if you put the money into a purebred they do have a longer lifespan so that was kind of my thinking um and uh Persephone is the coon hound she's the older dog and then Hecate is the baby and like there I thought maybe Persephone would do like a mother relationship with her and it's absolutely sister sister like no doubt I hate you kind of sister but I actually love you and I'll protect you and kill anything that tries to hurt you yeah like 100% she's Persephone is really good at her job as far as an ESA she can't let that go like we've tried to like coax her like you can be a normal dog now like you're okay it's okay and there's some times where she's like, I don't have to take care of you, and that's great. Now,
0: are ESA animals? Um, this is the term for service or oh yeah, or emotional, emotional support animal.
1: Yeah, emotional support animal.
0: What is the difference between that and a
1: service animal? So much, so much, um, and that that has been also another huge debate in the last what year are we? Twenty twenty three. The last four or five years. Um it got increasingly bad before COVID where people would get emotional support animals and try to make them have the same kind of um, rights as a service animal and that's not like it's still a very touchy subject for a lot of people because the debate is still pretty pretty hardcore right now and um, for me I don't need to have my animals with me at all times. I'm functional enough that I don't need them like right next to me. Um, service animals, they are certified? Question mark. I can't remember if they actually have a real certificate for it or not. Emotional support animals do not. The only thing that can really give you a quote unquote official Emotional support animal is through a therapist or psychiatrist or both, and they have to have a legal document saying this is for their health, their mental health. And that's for the
0: service animal or the that's for the emotional support animal. Gotcha.
1: Um, and uh, so like when my therapist had suggested it, I was in an apartment, and so she's like, I'm gonna sign this document for you so that you can not get charged because they can't legally charge you for an emotional support animal or service animal. Um and in certain situations you can even get um an animal uh past the no animal rule. That was that was my first apartment. Um so it just there's different levels to it for emotional support animals. Service animals have tasks. They are specifically trained for um
0: like a guide dog or like something. like a guide
1: dog like like severe disabilities that need to have an actual service dog and it's even service dogs are still evolving and there's going to be there's more education out there for um to kind of give you a better idea of of different types of service animals like if a person is walking around with a, a service animal with the vest on and everything like that and they look normal. They could have seizures. You know what I mean? Like a person can look completely normal and functional. You don't know what's actually going on with them.
0: Yeah, that's very true. People people like to s- like, okay, service animal. They want to see the disability right in front of yeah. them. Like what, why aren't you in a wheelchair? Why don't you have a walker? Why don't you have like, yeah. like you said, you don't know what's underneath that's going on with yeah. this person.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like one of, one of my friends, she, she has pretty bad seizures and she's very functional. She, she has a surface animal that goes with her and um, the surface animals get very specific training to help with whatever disability that that individual has. And for her, her surface animal um, was trained to find very subtle um, clues of body language of like when when a seizure is about to come on there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like big clues but that's like basically when it's happening um but there's like subtle little things and so her animal uh, gets her in a safe place um there's cues there's there's cues that if they start seeing the signs the animal will react in a certain way um kind of depends on you know what training they get. For her, it's um, the dog will put the paw on her arm to, I guess, maybe feel her body a little bit. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure, but she, she has her own cues to tell her owner, I'm pretty sure you're about to have a seizure. Let's get somewhere safe. So that's more of a service animal. They get specifically trained for it, and they have tasks. Under the law itself, a service animal has to have two tasks. And so the emotional support animals, that, that's still a great area. Like, there's so many things that are going on with that. Um, there, there are actual service emotional support animals um, that can go along with more severe uh, mental illness disabilities.
0: Yeah, I um at my work, we have a, a coworker that has a service animal mm-hmm. for... That realm, right? From what I gather, yeah. I don't know, and of course, there's HIPAA and all those laws. Yeah, can't divulge. But um,
1: it's not like you can just ask them. I mean, people do, but it's not okay. (laughs) And
0: and exactly. And we like, I don't like some people out there in society seem like they are they want the answers from everybody. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a service animal, leave them alone. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but they, no, I want to know, you know. And I guess there are always going to be those people that abuse the system or buy the vests off of Amazon or just use the title. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because you're literally making that form for those people tougher and they get that stigma.
1: 100 percent and that's what i was talking about that was kind of happening before covid was that the words emotional support animal was starting to get more and more common and um people were having their general practitioner sign things sign legal documents so they can just have a pet and get around laws and stuff like that and that started getting abused heavily heavily and um at some point I think I remember a story about somebody bringing in a snake to a hospital or something like that so like it it had always been there but it just um along with mental health awareness in the last 10 years have gone up a lot people start noticing different um I don't know like benefits, I guess you would call it benefits. I don't know, it's, you know, so how people can live, but sure, call them benefits and abuse that. And so because it's always been there, but never really relevant, they haven't really established laws specifically, at least when everything started to go up on the rise for um, abusing that right. And so you have to really... You have to understand things. Like, try not to use that right and and do dumb things. And you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's no, just, I totally it makes it. it tougher for everybody else.
0: Because you're gonna get the person that's gonna take their dog because they have a cute little, you know, Chihuahua, Shih Tzu, whatever, mm-hmm. into the store, and then they're gonna get questioned. Hey, you can't have this. And they're gonna. Just get, it's my emotional support animal, or mm-hmm. it's my service animal. Those people are putting the bat excuse me, the bad name and connotation on the ones that actually need it. Like my dogs love them to death. They are my emotional support, but I would never try and claim them to be my emotional support animals because I don't need that level of help that other people do. So Mm -hmm. why would I ever try and abuse it and make it harder for them?
1: Correct. Which, awesome. (laughs) Like that needs to be said so many times it it really it makes that harder for people who need it and then like there's there's been suicide rates that are even studied because people have been faking the emotional uh support animals because like apartment complexes start getting weird about it and um even from my own therapist she's hold on let me think if this is actually legal. yeah i'm, I'm legally able to say this i had to think for a second yeah. um She'd said that uh, if I was going to live in, t- in another apartment, um, that she wouldn't want to sign another legal document to, to update it because after the rise of everything, the, their legal department had said they're going to now make the therapist or whoever signs that legal document reliable or liable for the actions of that animal. So if that animal attacks somebody... It's not just the owner, but it's also that doctor who signs the document, and they're like, "We don't, we don't even want to mess with that. That could be pretty hard to deal with." So, she's like, "If if you're gonna go into another apartment, I, I don't know what to tell you because I don't want to put myself in that position." Like they were really hardcore about it for the first year that they implemented that rule.
0: And I guess, I guess you can't really blame her either because no, there's no. so many instances where because yeah you know that this is helping your client but then in the long run what is your client doing with the animal you know because like like you said with your um your dog that you think may have been trained to be a you know a fighting animal
1: she she could have been there there was a lot of trauma signs about it and so if she ever randomly attacks somebody at that point, my my therapist would also be liable and yeah. could get sued um, and she's part of a, a bigger group. And so it, it would affect everybody's careers, right? So emotional support animals, that that's very, very tricky. And if you go that route, I just would caution people to just try not to abuse it mm-hmm. as much as you can try to go with your actual therapist or psychiatrist and have them tell you what level you're at. Um, if you need to have them with you at all times, the the best way to go about it is that that's, you'll want them to be more of a service animal than an actual emotional support animal. I have a friend who has um, some autism and a few other things and they have a service emotional support animal and um they they're required to have at least two tasks and so uh, I'm not quite sure about what the tasks are for their animal but they're very functional again another functional person um theirs is more a little bit more psychological so their support animal is there to also keep them safe from themselves and from other people if if uh some kind of um manic attack sam- happens, or something like that. the The animal will do their tasks and make sure that they follow the protocol. that That's like the biggest indicator between actual service animals and just normal ESAs. Is tasks are like that is very particular. Very, to particular very particular. Very particular. Um, and I'd
0: imagine a lot of training so and much certification training. levels have to go into that as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. So much training, so many different things, so many different hoops you got to go through to get it solidified, and it takes years. It's not just a six-month course. Yeah, overnight,
0: like Bing, here's your yeah. yeah yeah. What um so so you do your medication, mm-hmm. you have your emotional support animal that you um rely on, and then. What else do you try and do to help mitigate your depression? You said the gym. Do your gym. hobbies help at all? Or is that something that just doesn't?
1: Um, well, the bad thing about being an artist is I made my hobby my career. <laughs> so there's technically, technically, I don't, I don't even know. Watching TV. Sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I,
0: I get what you're saying because I, and this is like a really weird area with artistry because- a lot of people ask me why I don't pursue photography more in the aspect of shooting weddings, family photos, things mm-hmm. of this nature. I'm like, I did that in the past. I did it for like two years. I was getting solid bookups and things. And I all of a sudden watched my passion for, for photography go. Because mm-hmm. th- I didn't want to shoot on my days off. Because I was shooting all the time after work, grabbing families, weddings. Yeah. And I was like, I had to tell myself you're not doing this. So, how do you keep that in check where you still enjoy?
1: Oh, that is a question. Isn't
0: and <laughs> <laughs> cuz I couldn't do it. I was literally like burning myself out with like Yeah. You know, it's nice to capture these moments for these people and things like that, but I was eventually just like, no, I got to keep with my just my horror photography I do, my landscapes and animals and that stuff that I like to photograph because the bulk work was just ugh.
1: it's it's hard it's definitely hard uh let me circle back to the beginning <laughs> um so when I jumped into the business like I said there was no niche there was no thought process there was no business loans there was like literally it was just my husband said yeah I can support us and that's all we had it was just that and a prayer we'll see what happens and um sewing in general just always brought me joy it was part of the passion especially with hobbies and stuff like that and so um I just didn't know where I was going to go with the business and that kind of kept things interesting in the worst way and the best way (laughs) um because when there's unknown you don't know how to prepare for I don't know what if I had an accident and and Like it was too much of the deductible or something like that. You know, we're like one sneeze away from complete ruin. So it it is a very fine line between actually making it and being okay and completely ruining both your lives financially. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and, and he tells me all the time nothing's gonna happen we have families that love us and they see how hard you are and i'm like i i don't care i don't care like to me i have to keep that in mind so that i don't put us in that situation ever um so at the beginning it was just like i'm sewing and i'm enjoying every single moment of it and
0: yeah you were doing a ton of videos and stuff that i crazy yeah crazy
1: like almost every day and um i slowed down a little bit Cause burnout is definitely a thing. I I needed to know where my 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 stopping point was. Was like, how much can I handle? And okay, so there's the hard line. So I got to stick to that. Finding that out is super hard um, mentally and physically. Um, after that, it was it was definitely a huge learning curve, and you kind of have to accept that that goes with it. And it's a very personal, personal journey and choice um, that I literally have no advice for because it's different for every individual. For you, you're like, I want this to continue to be a passion and these other things that may be bringing me money is not doing it for me. So you made that personal choice to keep it the way that you wanted to, right? For me, it was like, my ambition makes me stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You need to make that a a t-shirt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Maybe if I ever do merch for my brand (laughs) one day, like ambition makes me stupid. And it's just, I put myself in so many different situations when I, I do notice when bills are piling up and the heat is on, I cannot be creative. And that's, that's something you have to catch on yourself. And that's when you start making those choices. Like, is it for you? You're like, done. Um, for me, the ambition and the stubbornness just doesn't let go. And it, it it recognized, even though, okay, how do I put this? Uh, outwardly, consciously, I still have a lot of the doubt that comes with, um, owning a business and going after your passions and your dreams, the uh, imposter syndrome. Oh, that's a thing. It is. That is a thing. And inwardly, self-consciously, like deep, 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 I know that I have a specific talent that is going to take me places if I just work hard. And that that's... That's part of some of the um, the things that people don't think about. Um, I kind of blame Etsy a little bit where it was great at the beginning because they're like people f- that do handmade things, DIY, here's a platform that you can actually sell. Great. It really helped artists out. It, it did so many good things and kind of created this, e-commerce kind of world for, for people who are not corporate and um, building your own brand and all of that. Great. But with that you started to create this mindset of if you're really good at a hobby, especially hand-making things, people will instantly say, how do you monetize that? And creating that mindset in the last 10-15 years Um, has ruined a lot of passions for people because we want to monetize it so badly. You're so good at this. Why are you not making money off of it? Uh, What does Joker say? If you're good at something, don't do it for free, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to kind of go into it with the mindset of 50% of it is business. And if you do not want to deal with the business aspect of it, do not monetize it. Do, do not go into it. You have to understand the parameters of how, how hard it is to be a business owner itself. And so for me, I went into it knowing the business aspects. Uh, I knew the parameters, but I didn't know what it felt like, of course. Um, so keeping myself on track, one, therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me tell you. The amount of times I wanted to rage quit and my therapist is like, is this a reaction because of maybe a fight you had with your husband the other day? Or is this something you actually want to do? Like therapist has been amazing. It doesn't have to be a therapist. It can be a mentor, a business mentor. There's different things, but outside support is really important for one. Um, Two, finding your niche is incredibly important. Um, Some people find it real fast, like really, really fast. And um, what I've observed, side note, is that people who find it way faster actually don't last as long as you would expect them to because the, the learning curves that are throughout the slower way make you appreciate so much more. And, um... You need time to educate on the finer things of being a business owner, not just the money part, not just the responsibility, but also the feelings and the compassion that goes with it. Um, I can I can
0: totally see that because I've seen some yeah. people come on the scene in artist ways where you'll see them at different shows and things like that, mm-hmm. and they're doing really well, really quick, and then all of a sudden they're gone. Mm-hmm. It's like, what happened to them? Oh, well, you know
1: it it just got swallowed up it just yeah it can it can swallow you up and eat you and, and spit you out and um so like one aspect for me is like i really would like to have an effing break and just like have something work out to what i want it to be but at the same time i understand going too fast there's the expectations of it alone if you if it happens overnight and you get thrown sponsorships um really big, you know, in the last seven, eight, seven, ten years, the social media influencer kind of deal the stress of how many views you have to have or how many reactions you have on each post, et cetera, et cetera. If you get below a number, then you're instantly fired. And so I'm like, I don't never want to get to that point. That's yeah. that's a lot to handle. And if you don't build your stamina through years that's a lot to handle for one person. So I would rather go slow. As much as I want to hit big right now, I would rather go slow and learn all these things. So the, the learning curves, there, there's just so many aspects of it, so many different aspects. And you just you have to go into it knowing all of that. If you go into it saying, like I said, oh, you're good at it, monetize it. You're going to burn out real fast and you're going to hate your hobby. And yeah. You get it with the photography. You, you don't want to do that to yourself. So, um, I also circled back to cosplay for myself. So,
0: yeah, because you do that, you do that really well. Um, yes. <laughs> some of your outfits that you you got that one. That massive, huge dress that's the size of a bus. Yeah, (laughs) I loved seeing you on, was it an escalator or something? Yeah, that is
1: my favorite video I've ever seen of me. And to, you know, toot my own horn, I have done a lot of media stuff with that dress and that character. And by far, it doesn't matter how many news people, I I was on a live video for, oh God, I don't even remember his name. It was a celebrity. He was going around on a go-kart at at comic-con and he stopped the go-kart and he ran over i was on the floor with giselle and he just starts doing the live with me and interacting with me that included my my favorite video is going up the escalator you see my my feet you see my bloomers and (laughs) the dress and the hoop skirt is on top of the escalator like
0: best hands down it's my
1: favorite um and I wore that for my actual wedding dress because did you? why not? I did. Oh,
0: that's awesome. I did. Yeah, I, you guys had a like a um
1: We had a Halloween kind of yeah, yeah at a castle cool. and everything. Um uh, like I said, our our story is a stupid fairy tale. It's crazy. Um so Giselle was the last competition huge cosplay piece that I've ever really made. And so the thing that I'm actually currently going through is, is the question that you're asking, you know, an hour later of describing everything. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, the, the passion that I kind of went into it, besides being a legacy, the cosplay aspect of it, it brought me a lot of joy. And then I'm like, I've always wanted to have a sewing business. So there, there was a lot of pieces in the puzzle that already existed before it happened. And recently, like last year, yeah, this was last year, um, last August. So like a year ago, it, it kind of hit me hard that I was starting to feel a lot of burnout because I wasn't enjoying myself as much. I, I still fed on the energy of clients and like how happy they were that there was this, um, this wedding dress that I did. No, not the wedding dress. I altered it. She wanted pink and blue tulle underneath because she loves Aurora, um, Princess Aurora. And like the first time that she did a fitting and she lifted it up, her face lit up and she was so happy and I was going to cry and she was going to cry. So feeding off of other people like that, that, that was kind of um, a thing that kind of kept me going. But at some point I was just like, I wake up every day. I go up to my sewing attic, and I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. There, there has been that that doubt, um, and there's a medicine tie into this. <laughs> there's so many different things. Let me tell you. Um, so I was like, think of your roots. Like, what what's missing? And it was like I had not made. A personal cosplay in like three to four years. Yeah,
0: I'd noticed that on your social media. I was like, I'm seeing a lot of uh, stuff for other Other people. people, Yeah, I was like, where's Moody? Yeah, right. Not
1: dressed up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what happened? I got a business. That's what happened. (laughs) Um. So last year, I decided to make a smaller project, but still a fun project. I did um, Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman, and um. Of course, the moody extraness. It's it's shiny vinyl, but it shines rainbow. It's holographic. Oh, that's cool. So it's got like that extra oomph. Like that that's a moodyism. She she is extra. She has to be. <laughs> Maybe possibly redoing it with the flash reflective fabric. Like it looks a little gray in person, but then when you do flash photography, it's like this bright, bright rainbow. Bright, Yeah. It's so cool. Maybe I don't know. Uh, it's like. $80 a yard. So I don't know. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. And imported from the UK. Like, so I don't even know. Um, so when I decided to do that, I mean, I've always wanted a Catwoman. And she she's my Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer. <mwah> that's Catwoman. from
0: the Tim Burton. Correct. Yeah, okay. the
1: Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, um, Batman Returns.
0: Right on. Uh, that's my favorite. Right. Because I'm a fan. Like, I love clowns. Yeah, and so the clowns in that one, yeah, I'm just like, yes, this is my movie.
1: (laughs) the the entire movie, all aspects of that movie was so good, fantastic. So, um, I'd always wanted one, and so, and I think I actually had the fabric for like four years. I have to mention my husband bought it for me because he says it every time. I bought that fabric for you, so you're welcome. Um, so I've had it, and I just was like, I need to bring me back. And I made it, and for the first time in a long time, I was like, there it is. There's, there's that, that, oof, that passion that I have been missing for a while. Um, to kind of tie it into COVID depression and all of that, we upped the medication and the side effects that you were talking about. No sex drive. <laughs> Let me tell you, being a newlywed and not having a sex drive, and sucks. <laughs> It sucks. Oh, yeah. It's awful. It's awful. Um, And then among other side effects, like, I, it was really good for my business because I was hyper-focused. Like, I was posting a lot. Like, I was super, super focused. And that was great for a year. It kicked off my dress line and doing a lot of designing for, for fashion. um, But... When I went to Comic Con last year with Catwoman, it was the first time that I felt that passion again. So I was like, I feel like we need to go back down on medicine a little bit. Um, so it's it's not a bad thing to ask about it. Like you go up, and then you kind of reevaluate later if you need to. There's there's no harm in in asking if you should reevaluate the dosage, and so. Um, the way that I was describing things, my psychiatrist agreed, like, let's go back to your original dosage. And everything flooded back in. And I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Um, so th- there was two aspects. It was like, I need to do some stuff for myself. Um, and then also medicine, that was that was a big factor. But um, also going back to your roots is like super important. You got, you got to do it every once in a while to kind of Clear the cobwebs and remind yourself of why you're doing this and why you're enduring the business aspect of it and all the crap that goes with it. Fighting with people. <laughs> Don't haggle prices on artists. Like oh that's not Oh <laughs> my God,
0: I cannot tell you that is the It's
1: stupid.
0: And then comparing your prices to others. Uh-huh. Like one one thing that always gets me is. Because I still sell prints all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't advertise that I sell them. But like if one of my friends sees a print on Facebook or something, mm-hmm. they're like, I want to print of this. Okay. This is the price. They're mm-hmm. like, I don't ever get my friends doing that. But like if a friend of a friend wants one. Yeah. And they're like, that much? It's like, well, I can go to Target and get this. Yeah. Okay. Go get the mass produced photo from yeah. Target then for, you know, 40 bucks, whatever. Yeah. Have at it. But to haggle... Artists who, and especially you, who this is your primary income, Mm -hmm. and then to try and haggle you on that stuff is just.
1: oh I'm lucky enough that it's only happened twice. That's that's
0: that's good,
1: right? Right. That's that's. uh I'm very lucky. But the two times that it did happen, like, I was upset for weeks. It
0: lights a fire under (laughs) your ass because people don't realize how much I had this client once. This is when I was doing. Um, family photos and she i didn't charge her shit i charged her two hundred dollars for a family session and i got her i believe it was like 10 solid captures 10 prints Mm -hmm. and she's like that's it and i'm like excuse me (laughs) what did you want like 50 edited photos? do you realize the time so i drove to location for you drove back to location used all my expensive gear Stayed on location for an hour and a half. Come home. Each photo edit of your session is going to take me anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes to edit. Yeah. Export all this, get it to you. Like people don't realize, and I'm sure it's the same of you, all the minute details that Mm -hmm. go into artistry, no matter what type of artist you are, that people just think you pull it out your ass and Mm -hmm. there it is. It's not that way.
1: Correct. Yeah. That's, that's, you have to also accept that part of the business you just there there's this like always have compassion and emotional connection with people but also be prepared to be a little bit of a hard ass when it comes to things like that you do not want to accept those clients um so what was it uh so cosplay roots <laughs> um so seriously so if I didn't come on this podcast then my husband probably would have called my therapist and be like we need to up our medicine again <laughs> <laughs> she's not rambling um so the the roots of it is super important to deal with those aspects the business aspects it's tough to deal with it's you know you have to constantly deal with the criticism even if people are not saying it to your face um oh there's a good example there was a person that hired me to do a cosplay and it was not cheap it was it was a big project an expensive project and maybe there may have been a miscommunication or something and so I can't like fault that individual like it's not like some of it probably was on me too but um, they were really excited about the project but they only wore it once and I've only seen two photos of that costume and then it disappeared one day I never saw it again and a year later another individual procured this costume and said I can't believe my friend just gave this to me and as a cosplayer and person who does commissions when you get a custom made thing you do not just give it away oh no you do not do that um if you like sell it for cheap for a friend you know i could see that but that that costume was not cheap so because of the like there's little clues that you know that they won't say it to your face and maybe because they want to support you as an artist but also at the same time they just did not have a good experience with you no recommendations came from them never tagged me in anything um I've seen them do other commissions from other people and just like blow them up on social media so like little clues that broke my heart so bad and I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that part you have to be prepared for that that kind of aspect it's
0: I, I, have a, I have a story um, yes. of the same thing that happened to me just recently. So I did some photos of my ex-girlfriend that she entered into this uh, horror um, contest that she's doing. Mm-hmm. And she's like currently sitting like third in this thing. She's doing really well. And I did a damn good job on these photos. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was pretty proud of them. She obviously liked them because she shared them everywhere. She didn't credit me. And it burnt me. I was like...
1: No. And
0: she did a photo shoot with another photographer earlier and just gloated about them.
1: Yeah, not okay. But
0: didn't credit me. And I was like, but the one thing I did is I communicated. And I was like, this really kind of irked me, really hurt me. Right. In the future please credit me if you decide to use me again. And we came to the agreement. She apologized profusely.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Um,
0: So that's good. That's almost like I'm saying towards the girl that maybe there was a miscommunication or something.
1: Yeah. Just say, hey,
0: this is something that could you maybe fix this or do this or, you know. Instead of trying to save feelings to your face because it almost hurts worse on the back end when you just don't see that
1: yeah support like what didn't i do that made you so mad about it that you just gave it away yeah like like what was and it will always be that thing in the back of my mind and the funny thing is is i there they are like still kind of a event acquaintance is the only way i can put it like we're still friends on Facebook. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so as much as like it hurt and everything like that, I still take it more of a business lesson than really putting it to interfere with the kind of relationship that with I have that with individual. Last year, I saw them with a, a big group that they were doing this amazing cosplay group and they were just like, oh my God, Moody, I haven't seen you in forever like, and it didn't feel fake. I, I know. Us girls, we have the mean girl thing, right? Yeah. That we can do. Oh, my God. I love you. <laughs> no. Like, she was for you real. You that
0: perfect, by <laughs> way. Yeah, I,
1: right? <laughs> it was not a mean girl moment. It was legitimate. Like, everybody was excited. Um, they complimented on my cosplay. It was the cat And I complimented their cosplay. And I was like, whoever did the commission. Like, your makeup is on point. Like... It was not a mean girl thing. So that, that situation is is one of those gray areas. Like I can take offense of it like completely and not be friends with them. Or I can just take it as a business lesson that comes along with the business part. And it sucks. There you go. So um, what else? <laughs> do, do you have any other questions? Because I could keep going.
0: Oh, no. For... Fanex being yes. right around the corner. Are you cosplaying this year?
1: Yes, uh, but I didn't make anything. Sort of. Um, so I had surgery in June. I had um, a what a oh, what is it? Nissen fundamental something or other, know, <laughs> something. Layman terms. Yeah, uh, I have acid reflux disease, and um, the last couple of years it affected like my entire life it renders me like bedridden at like 3 days at a time um from like extreme nausea the burning the everything like i can't function at all um so they decided to put like a wrap almost like a lap band kind of idea but it's a wrap on the stomach instead instead of a band to make everything smaller it's just so that it stopped the acid reflux from going up and making me sick. Is this um, the
0: same procedure? I, I think I've heard of this procedure, but is it possible for you to vomit anymore? I know there's I like a procedure know. they do that like <laughs> almost if you're ever sick in the future, you can't throw up.
1: I couldn't throw up before the procedure. Gotcha. So that that was like the nausea that hits you.
0: Like, would just stay? It would just and, stay. Okay.
1: You can't. And and I've tried to like force it to happen thinking, it, you know, that that amazing feeling after throwing up. Mm-hmm. Right. I was hoping that would work and it actually made it worse. Wow. So and end up in the hospital sometimes. Yeah. Like it was bad. It was it was to the point where I drove myself to the hospital because I'm like, I need a GI cocktail. Buy it <laughs> later. Like it, it was insane. So the surgery. Put me out for like a month and a half. It was a very long time. Um, So one that took me out of the gym, I have no idea how much I hate that. So again, thank you for the compliment because to me, I I don't like myself right now because I just haven't been to the gym for a long time. Um, And then on top of that, like affecting my business, not being able to post as much as I want to or... um, making my own stuff for me, just not having the ability to make my own cosplay for this year. And that's something as um, advice for at least cosplayers out there. For one, cosplay is cosplay. Purchasing is not a bad thing. Thrifting is not a bad thing. I may be an artist, but that doesn't mean I have to make everything. Yeah. Right? So um, I will be uh, doing Megan from the movie Megan.
0: Oh, the the robot. Yes. You fit that. I think I seen you post something. Yeah, like, just like, she's like she's yesterday or Megan. something yeah. like
1: that. Yeah, I did. I, I finally got it in. It, it was from like one of those cheapy sites that take a month to ship. So I had to make the decision real fast if I was gonna buy stuff or if I was gonna make stuff. So I I I got Megan for Thursday and Saturday. And then um, my Alice Hysteria from Alice Madness returns. I've had it forever. Mm-hmm. I just haven't pulled it out in a long time. So, my, my husband had a very good point where he was like, You haven't done horror in a very long time. So, maybe you should do that and not do corsets this year. Because
0: Well, that makes my little horror. I heart
1: know. Happy. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I'm like, That makes so much more sense for this year um and then megan instantly like i wanted a megan but i'm like i don't have the energy to make it so i'm like you know what you're right i'm just gonna do that and everybody will love it cause that <laughs>
0: that was a movie that caught me so off guard because right? i like i seen the trailer i was like it's only pg-13 this may like because i'm like one of those weird horror uh, no like, no oh, i get oh, it the rest of VR, and it's like, gotta be r
1: yeah but
0: i thoroughly one enjoyed that movie it was creepy as hell yeah it was like this little thing
1: <laughs> this, it was incredible side note if you have prime video they have the unrated version for prime members i'll have to check so, that out yeah um spoiler alert really it's just you get to see the blood <laughs> right because gotcha. the they cut that they, they go to, to the
0: side PG-13 yeah
1: yeah so like when she cuts the throat you actually get to see that um uh, you do not see any violence towards the dog. I will tell you that right now because I was worried about that. Um, but I think people are getting smart and not doing violence to animals anymore. I think even just the whimper really pissed people off. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so, it's, you say that, but and as hardcore as I am with horror, because I really am, I would rather all the people die in the film yes. than an animal. <laughs> like I'm like no, do not touch and the dog. Do not
1: touch the dog. The dog runs away. Cool. It lives. That's yeah. all that matters, right? Um so like for for that movie like oh and and the uh the boss dude for for like the main lady, he says fuck a lot. Oh. <laughs> like gotcha. so so like I mean spoiler alert, but I just don't want people to expect it's not all the a, things he, yeah. yeah. But it's still really fun. That's cool. Um, and I think Megan says fuck or something like that. And that was kind of cute. Like, it was cute <laughs> to see her mouth do that. I'm like, yeah, that's right. So
0: resurrecting your old Alice costume, does that bring back, like, like joy to put that back on and get yes. back into that?
1: Yeah, I, I did have to get a new part for it. But other than that, like, it's been sitting in my closet for, like, three or four years. Um. And the weapon that comes with it, my friend, Zach Picard, he doesn't do commissions anymore, and he doesn't live in Utah, but he was very, very big for a long time, um, like, towards the beginning of Comic-Con and – sorry, Comic Convention, I, I love how every,
0: like <laughs> – they put up such a stink with that. I know. It was like, are you serious?
1: I know, I know, but I don't I don't think you'll get in any legal trouble, but I never know.
0: Uh, oh, and and the the hardest thing for me was when they went because it was San Diego Salt San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. right? That sued Salt Lake Comic Con. That Correct. eventually they had to switch their name to
1: Fanex Salt right? Lake Fan Experience Comic Convention. Yeah, it's so
0: <laughs> long, and That's... and people, I still meet people today that are like going to Comic Con. I'm like, oh, because yeah, people just it's a I know. phrase. It would be like trying to copyright. Um, Ten four, you know, yeah, like people yeah. just use that. Just
1: use, like, yeah, I know. To
0: me, I'm like, you guys are just chasing it's money dumb. here now.
1: It's dumb, but whatever. Anyway, so um, I I got the hobby horse uh, from Zach, and it's it's this big giant weapon thing, and, and it's my favorite one. It's the, the white unicorn, and I wish we could have done more like special effects to it, where like the eyes glowed and little fog comes out. That would have been really fun um but swinging that thing around is one of my favorite things and the the uh the blood makeup that comes with it um I created like blood latex gloves so I didn't have to dip my hand in fake blood because like it's all up in the arm so that's awesome yeah it's fun um there there's like a red skull on the back and it broke so I'm like gotta get that in before comic-con but so that coming in, I it's been a while. And I don't have to use my hair this time. Like, it's all wigs. And because my thing is, like, trying to use my red hair for everything because it's so long. But, like, I don't have to do anything with it now. Wigs hurt my head. But, like, this year, I'm okay with that. I don't want to spend three hours on my hair. Right. I can <laughs> totally ridiculous. understand that.
0: Do, um, uh, do you enjoy, because I do like horror cosplay as well. And one thing I always like, and I don't know if you get this, but do you enjoy doing the photos with like the kids or the fans oh, and yes. the stuff that, yeah, that always oh, brings yes. me a little bit of joy.
1: Yes. Um or uh this, this is more for like the advanced people. You have to really read the room. But photo bombing is really fun.
0: <laughs> oh, I bet.
1: It is so much fun. But you gotta read the situation, right? Like we, we've had a problem with deadpool's photo bombing and people like it got so bad that they started to mention it on the website of like deadpool's chill
0: like, oh because they were just going Deadpool out going and
1: all over the place and just kept getting in the way like if somebody's setting up uh, a group cosplay and it takes forever to get in one position and then they photo bomb like it's not cool
0: people are getting so upset.
1: yeah yeah so like just random little photo bombs you gotta read it but like so fun. The, the Saw puppet, I did like a female version. And I do
0: remember that. Yeah, a yeah. long
1: time ago. Like, we're going way back. Um, the, the tricycles are not allowed anymore. So I can't ever bring that back. It's hard not to have the tricycle.
0: Yeah, that that's part of the it's costume. That's part yeah. of
1: it. I was so mad when they decided to nix that. And I just remember being on the tricycle. I was tired and... For, like, the first hour, I kept smiling in the mask for pictures. And I'm like, wait, I don't have to do that. know, <laughs> yep,
2: I like, get it's it. So,
1: it's so funny. I, I would, like, sit on the tricycle I'd set up. And then I would start moving my head like an animatronic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, people who watched me do it, no surprise. But after maybe 10, 15 minutes and there's new people, I had so many people try to figure out if I was real or not. <laughs> and, like... So somebody wanted to record them um, saying want to play a game to me and I I thought they knew that I was real and so I like jerked my head when they said and they said do you want to play a game and I went no and I like jerked my head they almost fell off the balcony because I was set up next to the balcony so like yeah it's so fun it's so fun being the scary one you do have to have perimeters of course yeah yeah being being with fans um i'm excited for megan like i i thought there would be more megan cosplayers because it it did so well back in march but i think people kind of got more excited about barbie (laughs) which i'm okay with yeah that's a that's a grandma connection for me personally so so i'm like okay i'll be the only one (laughs) I'll do it for two days.
0: Is there anyone you're super excited to see at Fanex that's on the celebrity list or um, anything like that? Or
1: not, not really. Um, and that that's that's usually like the draw for for the Comic Con here. It's been more and more about um, just like a family reunion for me personally. That's awesome. Um, I used to go see celebrities and stuff because cosplayers like we do it for ourselves. But also we do like attention. I will be honest. I will be that honest cosplayer. We love the attention. Um, just cosplay is not consent. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, getting the reaction from celebrities for the horror, uh, like the Bloody Atlas, that was like the number one favorite of, of the celebrities. That, that was really fun for a time, but I don't know. I guess maybe I got, I don't know, snooty? <laughs> I don't know what the <laughs> word is. It's like... Maybe self-confident. Um, I kind of don't really need to do that anymore, I guess. that that's No, not, I get it. Yeah, it's not really the entertaining part for me anymore, which isn't a bad thing. So
0: is the enjoyment of going to Comic-Con or to FanX, is it um, just, like you said, the fact of seeing old friends, yeah. making new ones, and just the atmosphere itself? Yeah,
1: for, for me personally, yeah. Just the, the people that I know – um as you get older you're you have less energy so it's harder to excuse me um want to go out and see people right and so uh Phen-X for me is just kind of a good way to catch up with everybody all at the same time and then I can go hide for a year <laughs> and just you know recharge <laughs> recharge completely so do you,
0: do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert
1: Introvert, for introvert. sure. Um, I can present as an extrovert when I'm in certain situations. Um, horror cosplay, kind of like a mask kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people use cosplay to um, to feel more confident about themselves. And horror cosplay has always been a thing for me. Oh, yeah. So that, that that has always brought the extrovert out of me. But for the most part, yeah, super introvert. Like, I just got a teeny tiny... 10 hour a week job and i'm like dressing up for that because i'm like i don't go anywhere i've had this dress for five years and i've never worn it so i'm just gonna go to work in this dress so like i don't what I,
0: are, what are you doing
1: oh alterations for a bridal oh, cool. alterations place um just it,
0: something to kind of get you out of just the house to kind and-
1: of yeah to get me out of the house help with builds a little bit um like i said like when bills are piling up and I feel that pressure, I can't be creative. So mm-hmm. I kind of like had to supplement for myself. Makes um, sense. But like sh- that company works more in couture stuff. So like it's more exciting than I thought it was going to be. That's that awesome. Makes sense. Yeah. Like think Park City brides. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Park City type of brides. She's now having people fly in from other states too. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. So I'm like, okay, this uh, this is worth my time now. Like, yeah, so, so
0: with all that, do you feel like you're currently in a good space or are you coming up to that good space?
1: Coming up. Um, the surgery, as good as it was for my body, um, did a lot of damage mentally and emotionally just because of, one, narcotics. <laughs> like narcotics and i do not we're not friends oh, yeah. we're not friends The first couple of days after surgery sure but it messes with me so bad um so the lingering effects from that happens for a long time for me personally and then um feeling like the, the, it's the ambition part of me feeling unaccomplished um really hits me hard really really hard like, I can't let go of the fact that I haven't gone back to the gym. Like, that is not a thing for me anymore. I love the gym and, and what comes from it. Um, so I'm kind of starting to come out of it a little bit. I'm starting to, like, have more conversations. Like, honestly, this is probably the first big conversation I've had in six months, if I'm, like, totally honest. It's just been so, like, wrapped up in a lot of health stuff mm-hmm. I should I should also mention that it's it's not just my stomach there's a lot more um, physical health stuff that has come up in the last couple of years it's it,
0: weird how that starts coming out in your 30s right no, I hate it
1: <laughs> for me it was like I was 29 no wrinkles I was 30 and a half and my entire body just disintegrated <laughs> all at once I was like I at 32 I was already talking about surgery and I'm like, I'm 32. I should be having a ton of sex right now. Like,
0: you know what I I was uh, noticing the other day I went um I was doing my hair. Yeah. And I was like, Oh gra- no. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> and like I found multiple gray hairs. I'm like
1: No. Uh, <laughs> you're like, I'm what? What? We're we're in our thirties. And this shit doesn't happen until we're forty, right? Well, and it's so
0: weird because I work in education, I work in transportation, and um, I'm, a, I'm a trainer for a school district, so I train people to drive school bus, and I'm in this weird, like, parameter, because most school bus drivers are older, retired, yeah. but we do get younger ones coming on, and when I get these... Ones that are like 21, 22. I'm just like.
1: Oh. You're a baby. Then
0: when i met at the schools and I always used to think teachers were older. Yeah. And then I'm running into teachers that are like 26, 27. Oh, God. And then I get the kids on my bus that are like, you're older than my mom. I'm like, no. no! <laughs> <laughs> what is
1: going on? Ouch. <laughs> right in the field. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. No, I, I hate
0: that. Aging's fun. And then it's no fun at the same time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, like i I love that I feel like I actually have some wisdom now. like when when I interviewed for this job of like I got off the, it was a phone interview first and then as a so test, but the phone interview, like I hung up and I'm like, oh my God, I sounded smart. <laughs> That's that's weird. I haven't done a phone in inter- or an interview for like 6 or 7 years, so it was kind of weird at first anyways. Uh-huh. But then when I got off the phone, I'm like, I actually I answered those confidently like yeah. what what just happened yeah
0: from when you're like getting out of high school going to interviews and you're like I don't even know what to say but yeah. it's like what experience do you have oh uh, and now you can actually give them
1: yeah I'm <laughs> like background. well I've done some competitions I won some awards and they're like do you know this team and I'm like who doesn't know that so <laughs> like, I had fun with it I've never had fun like that in an interview and I, I also kind of knew that I was gonna get the job to toot my own horn they emailed me back two hours after I sent in my resume for one that was that was the fastest I've ever seen and two the first words was we had so much fun looking through your photo album and usually there's like keywords you know you can hear um uh, in the interview she's like this person is gonna love working with you. And so I'm like, I have it. I loved it and I hated that part. Cause I'm like, I'm gonna have a job again.
0: Oh god.
1: I'm gonna have <laughs> I hate it. but to be honest, it was probably the best thing I could have found that super flexible. I had an emergency doctor's appointment I had to get to. And so I called them up and I'm like, I hope I can come in today, but I don't like the physical trauma. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And they're like do what you need to do and i'm like
0: this is weird. yeah because usually employers are not like that no. they're like no you get in here now yeah. your house is on fire we don't care yeah
1: yeah compassionate people i did find out that the the owner of the company is a millennial so i'm like okay she she's starting to roll in the compassion type of work culture and so like i complain oh my god i'm to in a job but really this this job was I looked for six months for something just like this and somehow I landed in my lap. So that should be another thing about business business aspect. Don't be scared to take those steps. Like yeah. if you need to take a step back to kind of get control of certain situations, it's not a bad thing. You're not a failure. I'm telling that to myself.
0: <laughs> no, and, and I think you're totally right because you're going to go through different uh, different life situations as being a business owner. And yeah. sometimes you might need to take that step back. It's when you fully quit. Yeah. And even sometimes when you fully quit because you're just done, that doesn't even mean you're a failure either. You're yeah. moving on to something yeah. new.
1: Be smart for what you need in your own life. It's not it like if it's destroying you from the inside out, it's better to leave it and, and create your happiness. If it's not, what, what is that? joy girl says if it doesn't bring you happiness get rid of it or whatever she said that's if you have to quit your business because it's making you miserable do it like there's nothing wrong with it
0: well in those wise words yes i want to thank you very much for coming on the podcast and sharing some insight on to being a business owner Mm -hmm. uh, mental health and all your cool cosplay stuff you do i can't wait till See you dressed up as Megan out there yes. and resurrecting the Alice cosplay.
1: Yes. Um. Can I plug in real quick? You You go awesome. for it. Madame Moody Cosm Designs on Facebook, Instagram, and I think it's Madame Moody Designs on TikTok. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to see that Megan cosplay, those will be the main sources for those photos.
0: Yeah, go check her pages out because she is an amazing seamstress, artist, cosplayer, and down-to-earth person. Thank so, you. So thank you very much, Moody, for coming on. Thank you. We'll catch you all later. And remember, be kind to each other. See ya.